Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapters 11 and 12 of book three of his work on anger, Seneca is going to suggest to us that if we want to avoid getting angry, there's things we can do about it. We can reframe the ways that we're looking at things. And there's a number of different suggestions that he provides us with that can be quite helpful. And we might actually want to ignore or overlook certain things. I think there's a great line at the very beginning of chapter 12, where he tells us that anger often comes to us, but more often we go to it. And what what that means is that there's going to be anger arising quite naturally, no matter what we do, and then we can figure out how to deal with that. But in a lot of cases, we're actually creating the situation or interpreting the situation, framing the situation in such a way that we're likely to experience anger because we take ourselves as being injured, insulted. We, you know, think the motives of other people are bad, malicious, aimed at hurting us or those we care about, or even the things that we care about. And Seneca wants to say that, you know, we're responsible for that and we can actually change that. So it's kind of liberating. He tells us that we should never summon anger. Numquam means never, right? And then arcesenda est, anger is never to be called for. Don't say, hey, anger, time to come to dinner. Let's feast or anything like that, right? Now, that doesn't mean that we won't ever get angry, but we can really cut down on it quite a bit. He says that even when it comes our way, we should reject it. We should push it away. And so he begins chapter 11 saying, it's not a good idea to hear and see everything that goes on. You know, we don't need to like be constantly vigilant. We don't need to be getting into other people's business that doesn't concern us. If somebody's sitting on the bus and they're reading a newspaper that we don't like or laughing at a video, that doesn't have to be our business, right? So not seeing or hearing everything that goes on. People talking under their breath after we tell them what to do and they're not happy about it. We don't need to pay attention to that sort of thing. And so he tells us that the person who's not registering or literally not knowing, neskit, right? Injuries, which may in fact be injuries, may not, doesn't suffer them. So if we're in a line and we don't like what the other people around us are saying, we, we don't have to pay attention to it. It's not our business. We can just let them be who they are and focus on our own stuff. And then we're not going to get angry with them, even if they're grumbling about us or matters like that. So he tells us, if you don't want to get angry, then don't be so inquisitive. And the word that he's using there is actually curiosus, right? Don't be so curious. Don't pry into everything that's happening around you or and don't especially pry into things that you, you're going to find bother you. Like he says, the person who asks what remarks were made about him and unearths nasty gossip, even if it was kept secret, just upsets himself. 
Nothing made that person ask somebody else, what are they saying about me? Or going online and Googling yourself. Oh, you know, so-and-so's a jerk, right? You don't have to do that. That's a choice on your part, Seneca is saying. So if we want to not get angry, we probably, we don't have to be completely oblivious to everything going on around us, but we probably should, you know, stay in our lane, as we say. And he talks about interpreting things in a certain way. Interpretation, that's up to us. We choose how we regard things. And the, the, the way he talks about it there, quidam interpretatio. It's the exact word interpretation. Quidam means a kind of or a certain, right? So interpreting things in a certain way makes them look like injuries. Somebody bumps into you as you're in a crowded space and they hurry on past. You could be like, oh, I guess that person isn't paying attention to where they're going. That's an interpretation. You could also go to the other extreme and be like, that son of a bitch chose to bump me and now they're running away so I can't retaliate. Well, that's another interpretation, right? And we can have all sorts of things. Well, that was just a physical contact. Ooh, that was a malicious act. All of these are our choices of how we're interpreting things. And Seneca has a great line here, especially in the Latin, right? He's talking about three different classes of things. Alia is one group, another group, another group. And he tells us that with some things we should defer them, differenda, so don't take any stance on them, just hang back a bit. Others we should actually laugh off, diridenda, right? So this is, we were supposed to laugh them down laugh them off. And others, he says, we should translate it as forgive, but literally donanda alia. So we should, we should give those things to the other person. Just let it go, right? Let it be their thing. And he gives some examples here. He says, when Socrates was struck on the head, he made no response, save to say it was a bother. People didn't know when it was a good idea to wear a helmet when leaving the house. And he goes on and he says, what makes a difference is not how an injury was caused, but how it's born, how it's carried, lata, quite literally. And he says, you know, self-control is not that difficult. Even tyrants, some tyrants, he uses the example of Pisistratus, who was a cruel guy, but who was able to laugh when people did things and said things. People trying to light a fire under his anger, he bore it calmly and said to those who were trying to stir him up, he was no more furious than if a blindfolded person had run into him. So it could be a joke, could also be just letting it go, forgiving, right? These are all possibilities for us. These are ways that we can take our own responses and motives and say, I'm going to look at it this way and I'm going to behave this way rather than going down the path of anger. A little bit later in chapter 12, he tells us that we should consider the intention in Latin, animum facientis, consider the intention, the mind, literally, of the person who's doing the thing, facientis, not just the act itself, ipsum factum, right? The thing that the person does. So, you know, again, let's take the example of bumping into you. Could be the same action on the part of somebody who's deliberately going around and filming them bumping into people. Like you see these interesting little short videos of some guy who's a little bit built going by somebody who's more built, bumping him with his shoulder and then walking past, right? That's deliberate, right? 
A lot of times that's not the case. People just bump into us. And so we should think about whether the action is something voluntary, something they chose, something that stems from their will or something that is accidental. They didn't mean for it to happen. And then he goes on and he talks about two important factors that really from Aristotle's time onward are recognized as making an action accidental or unintentional. Was it compelled? Did somebody force them in some way? Did their body malfunction? You know, were they walking along and then they had some sort of twitch and bumped you or something along those lines? They said something mean to you, right? Or are they deceived? Did somebody trick them? Are they laboring under some sort of illusion or misinformation or misreading of the situation? Are they motivated by hatred or by some sort of reward, a premium, a, a bounty, you could say? Are they doing something essentially to gratify themselves or actually their own character, their mores, as Seneca will say? Or are they doing some sort of service for other people? All of these go into the mindset, the intention of the action that's going on. So in some cases, maybe there, there really is an injury. You know, they hate our guts, so they're trying to go after us. They're taking money for doing something bad, right? It could be voluntary, but you know, in some cases, if they're compelled or they're doing something because they think they've got an obligation to somebody else, you know, maybe we shouldn't get angry at them, Seneca is saying. And so we need to think about this. And if we don't know, maybe we should just assume the best rather than the worst of other people. He also talks about taking into account people's age and their fortune. So by fortune, somebody stealing something from us because they need to sell it in order to provide food for their kids and they've tried to get jobs and they can't find it. Uh, maybe we don't get angry at them in the same way as we do some rich person stealing our stuff who doesn't need it at all and is just satisfying their own desire to steal things, right? Or to dominate or to mess with somebody. Age. Younger people often respond kind of let's just say passionately rather than as rationally. Same thing sometimes with older people. And there are many people, as Aristotle pointed out long ago, who are mature in years, but immature in their mindset and soul. And then finally, he suggests that we, and this is actually quite literally what he's saying, putting ourselves in the place of the person with whom we are getting angry. Eos nos loco, loco is place. Eos loco, that same place, constituamos. Let's place ourselves in their, as we say, in their shoes, walking a mile in their shoes. And so he says, if we do that, from that perspective, we see that an unfair valuation of ourselves makes us angry. We value ourselves too highly. We value other people too lowly. And so we get angry. We can reframe that by saying, hey, we're all, we're all human beings here. And I can understand why they did that action now that I've put myself in their place, in their shoes. And that'll help us to not get angry. So we've got a whole bunch of strategies here, all connected with reframing things so that we don't have to go down that kind of automatic route into anger. And this allows us to free ourselves from automatically or characteristically getting angry at other people by reinterpreting the situation in ways that allow us to 
give them a break or to even laugh about the matter rather than getting angry and attempting to retaliate. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works. <laughs>